0: Hi, this is the Pure Living Family Podcast. I'm Eva, my little brother's Theo, and my mom and dad are Sean and Angela. Okay, you guys, this is mind-blowing. Did you know that on average, parents spend anywhere from $900 to $4,000 on diapers and pull-ups per year? That's a freaking ton of money, especially on top of all the other costs that we have. We have been working with Aeroflow Urology for a little while now to receive Theo's diapers, wipes, and even his nightly pull-ups. And they've helped us get them for free through his insurance plan. All you have to do is fill out Aeroflow's quick and secure online form. Aeroflow will work with your pediatrician to get all the required paperwork sent over to your insurance, and then they will connect with you to review all the products you can receive under your benefits. They ship nationwide and send your kids' diapers, pull-ups, and wipes straight to your door each month, all for free. Aeroflow Urology has over 5,000 reviews on Google and has a rating of 4.9 stars, and for a good reason. Their Continence Care Specialists are super attentive and will work to make sure you have the high-quality products that fit your kid's lifestyle and unique needs. To see if you can receive free high-quality diapers and pull-ups through your insurance benefits, visit aeroflowurology.com forward slash plf. That's urology.com forward slash plf.
1: Hello, and welcome to the Pure Living Family Podcast. Uh, Today, I'm very excited to welcome my friend into the call and and this conversation. This is someone I look up to a ton, Uh, someone that has helped me immensely in my life, Um, and I'll tell the story as to why, but let me just introduce him first. This is uh, Jeremy Jones. He's the CEO of Saniderm. So, Jeremy, welcome to the podcast. Why don't you tell us uh, a little bit about yourself and maybe uh, uh, about Sanoderm to get started?
2: Right on. Yeah. Hi, Sean. Thanks for having me. Um, uh, Yeah, I'm Jeremy Jones. I've I've been uh, here in a resident of Utah for my entire life, born and raised. Currently, the CEO of Sanoderm Medical, and we are a, a tattoo aftercare company. Uh, one probably the leading brand worldwide for dermal bandages for tattoos and the healing process. Uh, and I've been there for, um, well, permanently or full-time I've been there since uh, 2018, but I worked with the company prior to that. And, uh, yeah, that's Senator.
1: Beautiful. And you also have parts or roles in other organizations. Why don't you just mention those and kind of how you help or what your operations are with those roles?
2: Yeah, so uh, I've always been a, a, an entrepreneur here. I've, I've, I've started multiple businesses and had many small businesses, exited a few, um, had some ups and downs for sure. Living that lifestyle and, and pursuing those kinds of dreams and goals and stuff like that. Uh, there's only been a few times in my life where I've actually worked for a company that I that I didn't have a significant interest in, um, and so for the for the greater part of my entire life, I I have had to make it. And go it alone, or go it on my own, in a lot of ways. Um, and so, I currently, yeah, while I'm while I'm my full time, uh, you know, day job is Saniderm. Uh, I do have a, a, another company called the Institute of Human Anatomy, and I founded that with my brother-in-law. So my co-founder is Jonathan Benyon, and we started out as an education company solely. But um, some things have changed in our business model because we've we've really kind of gone viral online. And so we're we're still education is our main is our main point. It's, I call it edutainment because we're really now really a, like a, a content production company, um, and that thing's growing rapidly. And and uh, it certainly is is pretty cool and exciting. And um, so that's kind of taken up a little bit more of my time. And then I have interest in a few other businesses. My actually my wife has a a, a very successful small business that she uh, created and designed and developed. Um, over the last few years and so I I consult on that but I actually stay pretty uh, removed from it and um, she's uh, she's an operating CEO of her own and, and that's been really interesting and cool as well so I have a chat I have a skincare company called Balmers and we we manufacture a, a product called monkey balm it's specifically formulated for kids children infants um, that kind of thing with so it's all organic it's a skin product for uh diaper rash irritation um eczema stuff like that had that for quite some time as well And we do some private label products for other companies as well and that's that's my main that's my main uh plate i guess right there that's what i do
1: well i will well, definitely add those into the show notes and maybe even add monkey balm to our website because uh our target uh audience is uh, special needs uh, families and um diaper rash is something that is very real to all of us and Um, So that's something maybe we can discuss. But um, we definitely want to help you in any way we can because you've helped me personally. And and to just dive into that story. So uh, Father Jones, Jeremy Jones and I met each other, what, 15 years ago or so uh, playing adult men's soccer. I had just finished playing at BYU Hawaii, moved home and started playing um, adult men's league soccer. And Jeremy Jones is 10 years older than me. Um, so he was one of the, the guys on the team that I looked up to. And um, so we kind of knew each other that way, but it's just been in recent years uh, that we became um, more close and, and more intimate. And um, one day he invited me to go up to Bells Falls. It's a waterfall um, hike up to the top and then do a cold plunge. And this was January of 2019. So this was actually, I think it was New Year's Day or the day after, Um, so there's a ton of snow on the ground and um, you took me up there, challenged me to do a cold plunge where you do a full plunge, you call call it hushing. And on the way down, you talked about um, your, well, I guess it was part of the conversation the whole way up of um, your wellness and how you're pursuing your health that you do push-ups every every day and you try to get fitness in every day. So how did you arrive at that uh, conclusion for you? You're running multiple businesses. So the argument of, I don't have enough time to take care of my physical fitness. Maybe how did you get into that and how do you address that question?
2: Yeah. So I think, you know that that's a, how did I get into that or how i how did I get into the my habits and my routines now is is probably a little bit of a long story. Um, it was certainly a a process. It wasn't a, a light switch or anything like that. But as you mentioned, you know I've played soccer essentially almost my entire life. Um, and for the longest time, soccer was my was my exercise. That was my fitness and stuff like that. But then as I got older um, and couldn't necessarily play on a regular basis to where, you know they had fulfilled all of that exercise need Uh, i had this i had to supplement i had to start doing some other things and i was never a runner i never wanted to run just for the sake of running i thought it was boring i had to play i had to have some sort of competition and stuff like that but i did get into trail running and um and so that kind of that kind of was was supplementing that well um as you mentioned yeah i i i have multiple businesses uh there's there's a lot of demands on my time with that respect i also have a family i have two children i have a 12 year old son named Asher and a ten-year-old and daughter named Avery and um, you know having a family and wanting to make sure that I have time to to be with my children and spend time with them um, is also something that was incredibly important to me so uh, to, to answer the question of like how did I get to the point where um, exercise is not only uh, an important part of my daily routine um it is it is one of those things, like you mentioned, is is pretty challenging to find a way to fit it in. And if you don't if you don't make it a routine, if you don't make it a habit, it's it's incredibly easy to fall out of the habit and not fit it in. Um, and so and so I think I, I recognized at some point in time, and I don't know exactly when it was, but it was late in life. It was later in life. When I was playing soccer, I was playing soccer for fun. Um, and as, as I recently more, you know, in the last five or six years got more into trail running and stuff like that, the, the, uh, the connection between my mind and my body being, being healthy and, and active and energetic and stuff like that became more and more clear. And if I want to, I have noticed for sure, without a doubt that, that if I'm exercising regularly, and especially if I do it in the morning. Um, then it is it's a, it has a direct impact on my cognitive abilities throughout the rest of the day. Uh I learned a lot of that through a mind-body connection, really through through getting into yoga for quite some time. Um, that's where I think I really started to understand and draw the correlations between those two things. Um, but as far as fitting it in is concerned, that's the thing that you know I I I struggled with for probably a little while in the sense that again going back to soccer i played that you know once or twice three times a week if i was lucky for a long time um always in the evenings and and transitioning from something like that into a a routine or a habit that's that that is not set up and structured like that was something that i had to figure out and and ultimately um I, i don't remember exactly where I learned it originally from or I got the idea from but it's not my own for sure it's out there but but waking up at five in the morning um became the answer for me on that uh I used to always be a complete total night owl I'd stay up late and 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 you know Netflix and chill or whatever and and I used to work at night actually a lot um I you know when my kids were really young We'd get our kids down, and I'd go work for another two or three hours. I and mean, and I was burning the candle at both ends in a lot of those time frames. But uh, essentially, it comes, it boils down really ultimately to this, and this is what actually keeps me going, Sean. This is what this is what keeps the habit in place. I mean, once once the routine is established, uh, it becomes much much easier, and and it and it, you get to the point where. I get to the point where my body craves it. I want it. And I, it's part of of how it happens. But but it really comes down to quite literally uh, how how do I how do I make it so that I am able to show up um, as the best form of me that I can to the people that that depend on me and that matter to me. And that in- absolutely, obviously, number one includes my family, and secondly, include it includes my team with my with my businesses. And, and if I want to be able to be sharp and and be present and be aware and all that kind of stuff, uh, it, it comes down to being able to maintain those routines. So, so I, I prefer for me, it works that I absolutely get up at five in the morning, every morning and well, maybe not Sunday morning, but, uh, um, and that's what happens. I make the time, I make the time that I can go and do the things that, that I need or want to do for me. Um, and they're all things that I actually have developed a, a pure enjoyment for. I, I don't look at running or working out or anything like that as like, oh, I got to go do this. Um, I've I've had it stacked so that it's always enjoyable, and um, and so if I can get that stuff in, that is a part a huge critical ingredient of of being able to show up as the best version of myself. Um, and and so I have to carve that time out, but I don't want to carve it out of my family's time, and I don't want to carve it out of my work time. And so I literally make the time by doing getting up at five in the morning and I don't, I don't get up at five in the morning and just exercise the entire time at all. I actually get a ton of stuff done in the morning, um, both on a personal level. And then also, uh, as far as preparation for my day and stuff like that. So get up at five in the morning or earlier, uh, or even later, but I mean, find a, find a routine or a habit that works for you. Cause everybody has different variables in their lives and stuff like that, but, uh, that's, uh, it's kind of a long-winded answer, Sean, but that's, I think, how I got there. And once I recognized the benefits of it, uh, then it's just like, okay, it's uh, it, uh, it's almost like an addiction.
1: Well, just to recall my memory as I recall it. Um, so we do the cold plunge. We're starting to come down. And uh, it took us about three hours to do this hike. And you told me that you typically do this in an hour sometimes two hours. So you're the pace that day was really slow for you. And you were kind enough to, to take me on this, uh, hike, but you basically said next time we go, we got to pick up the pace, which (laughs) I'm a guy that loves challenges. So thank you for that. But on the way down, uh, you said that this, this is when you laid down the challenge to, to wake up at 5.00 AM and you would be surprised to see, um, everything that you're able to do if you do uh, live up to that goal and that challenge. And, um, so that stuck with me. That was in uh, January of 2019. Um, fast forward to 2021 and I had tried to do it here and there and my wife started 75 hard was 30, 40 days in looking good. And, um, so I started a hiking group. Um, cause I, I woke up on a Tuesday, because I felt crappy, I, it was a Monday. I slept in. My wife had woken up early at five thirty, and done her workout. And I was feeling like crap that whole day on Monday. So I said, "All right, tomorrow I'm starting." So a Tuesday, I woke up, and I went hiking by myself at five thirty. And this is like October, so it's kind of chilly. You got to you got to put some warm clothing on. I post a picture of it, and a friend says, "Hey, I live there." right near there. Next time you go, I'll go with you. Mark Parkinson's 20 years older than me. He went on uh, the hike with me the next week, and then it just kind of grew from there. But And then I started 75 hard uh, soon after that. So it was from Jeremy's father, Jones' challenge, that it really sparked that um, for me. Because um, before we started the the record uh, the recording for this particular podcast, Jones' kind of challenged me. He's like I can still hear a little bit of anger um and resentment and uh I'll be honest. There it, there is some of that for me and there's still more to work through. Um so my challenge and the reason for bringing this up <clears throat> is we need a place to go. Dads out there there's <clears throat> Sorry, Dad's out there. You're dealing with the sh- the weight of the world of your your kid on your shoulders. You've got to pay the finances, the twenty, thirty, forty thousand dollars you're spending a year out of pocket to to pay for your kid's care. It's a lot. It's heavy, and you've got to manage that. And what's done it for me is being able to get out and work out. And the other part of that is is adding variety. So. I got yoga certified, so I'll do yoga a couple times a week. Um, I get out and hike a couple times a week. Uh, Sometimes I'll just go out my neighborhood and walk for 45 minutes. Sometimes I'll wear a weighted vest. Sometimes I won't. Just getting out and moving for 45 minutes, it makes a huge difference. I really, truly believe there's a hashtag called movement is medicine. And it has been for me because when I have these tough emotions pop up, I have to move. Cause then it's what uh, allows my body to process it. And if you actually look at it scientifically, your emotional brain, your limbic system is the center of your brain. Your prefrontal cortex is at the top part of your brain and the emotional brain. If you don't deal with the emotion, it goes down into your body and your body holds on to the emotion in your cells. And if you've ever watched like bigger loser, um, those shows that challenge people to, to lose weight, to cut the inches, they get emotional. You know why? It's because they're processing memories and it's going through the prefrontal cortex uh, to process them. So um, Jones, thank you for that challenge. There's still more work <laughs> to do there. Um, you mentioned soccer. So I, I, this is something that I need to work through. So I'm going to just bring it up. My, my nephew, Dempsey, is super talented at soccer and I love watching him play. But at the same time, it is freaking hard. Because uh, being a dad, <clears throat> I had this dream of coaching my son playing soccer. And I don't know if I'll ever have that opportunity. So letting that go, it's been years, years of therapy. Um, so I am just want uh, those guys out there to listen to this, That find a place that you can express that. Because if you hang on to it, it's going to make you sick. And I don't want you sick. Your kids can't allow, your kids can't have you sick. So you did a long monologue. It was my turn for a long monologue. So um, Jones, just thank you so much for that challenge because I'll be honest. I don't wake up at 5 a.m. every day. I'm trying. Did it take you a while to get into that habit and to figure that part out?
2: You know, I don't remember exactly at this point now, Sean, because I've been, I've been waking up very consistently for so long that, I mean, I probably don't even need to set my alarm anymore. I mean, I get up a lot of times just a few minutes before five. Now it's just, I'm, it's very much, you know, baked into my, my uh, circadian rhythms probably. But I do know that people have asked me about this a lot and, and I do remember this. I remember that when I decided the first time I'm waking up tomorrow at 5am, I, i got to the i came to the conclusion that like i don't care how much sleep i get tonight because obviously everybody has been able to operate the next day on you know low hours of sleep i mean it happens it happens and you know you're going to make it through you might be tired it might suck for a minute or whatever but you'll make it through and then you'll be tired the next night you go back to bed and and make it up or whatever so my plan literally was this and this is what i tell everybody is you know this also comes down to another thing which is making making personal contracts with yourself Mm. Uh, there's some I'm sure there's some psychology and studies behind this maybe Sean I don't know but you know every single time we tell ourselves we're going to do something and then we don't do it whether that's wake up in the morning or that's go on this diet or I'm going to lose this much weight or I'm going to whatever and we do it all the time and we're really 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 good at it but we break those contracts with ourselves all the time and they are actually they're actually, I believe wholeheartedly that they they are, essentially, they are essentially small little slices to your integrity. So your own personal integrity. And eventually that actually will probably blossom into the rest of your life in some respects. But um, my point is that, is that like, look, I made a contract with myself that I was going to get up at 5 a.m. no matter what. And, and I did. And I don't remember what time I went to bed the night before, but I was probably on a regular routine. And I was probably going to bed maybe around midnight. I don't remember. And the next night, absolutely, I was tired the next night. I was tired some of the day, probably. But I did the same thing, as I, I just said. And I don't remember if I said, I'm going to do this for two weeks, or if I said, I'm just going to do it. Um, I know that I wanted to start doing it. But that's my, that was my, my approach, which was quite literally, uh, doesn't matter if I'm going to be tired. And it doesn't matter if it, it sucks at five when I wake up. Just get up, put one foot in front of the other, start going. Once you get up and go, it, it, it it's it's super easy to start moving, and and it doesn't matter what time you woke up anymore. Uh, and so, if you can just force yourself to do that for you know a period of time, now forcing ourselves to do things is also another challenge because uh, you know um, motivation and self discipline is is essentially uh, different, but but self discipline is is also almost like a a muscle, and it can it can deplete, it can get tired. And if you're allowing yourself a whole bunch of other distractions or other things that are are chipping away at your at your self discipline, then then it, you, it will be a little bit harder for you. So so for me, just to say, just do it. Get up and and do it. That's not necessarily as easy for some people than it might be for others. Um, but that was my approach, Sean. Um, eventually, it stuck. Eventually, it worked for me. And and um, and however you want to design your morning routine. Um, I know things work differently for other people. And so to your point, you know what? Just get out and move. You don't have to go run a mountain. You don't have to be working out hard at the gym and building muscle or anything like that. Like, that's not what it's about. And in fact, almost all of what I do now from a physical fitness point of view is, is intuitive. It's just, it's, it's, it's more by feel. There's some things I know I want to make sure I maintain. But for the most part, you know, depending on how far or how hard I run, it's it's all more intuitive now. I do I do run occasional Spartans um, with my brother in laws, and so in that case, I'll probably do a little bit more, I guess, training. Um, but I don't follow any real regimens or anything like that. And um, but I do make sure I move, and I move regularly. And again, I have a stack. I, I I do other things while I move and stuff like that. One last thing I would I'd want to make mention of, Sean, well, two things really, actually, based on what you just mentioned, was was, dude, we are all works in progress a hundred percent there is no perfection ever you will always be working on improvement I believe wholeheartedly that that's literally like that's my mindset is is continuous improvement and you're also we're all human beings so you're gonna ebb and flow you're gonna you're gonna drift off of those habits and those routines for a million of re- reasons that might hit you 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 might I might I'm injured right now I'm suffering from an Achilles problem so all my running has been done for weeks and so I'm drifting from that part of my of my regimen, even though I'm, you know, I'm dying to get back to it. But still, you could get hurt. You could lose a loved one. You could all sorts of things can knock you off your rhythms and your routines. So you do have to give yourself a little bit of leeway and a little bit of flexibility and allowance to get back on the horse. But you do got to get back on the horse. And one other thing, one other thing that I also caught with your comment there was, you know, you got pretty emotional about about having a, an idea. Uh, And a dream of being able to coach your son one day in soccer and you don't know if you're ever going to be able to do that And and it's been a long hard road for you to really kind of come to terms with that idea and I think Number one Sean I think one of the biggest reasons that you are as emotionally attached to that idea as you are is because it's so It is so wrapped up and layered and complex with the rest of what's going on in your life with your son it's not just because he's not playing soccer because you know, my son doesn't like to play soccer, so I'm not. Get, I don't get to coach my son in soccer, even though I would love to do that. I did actually when he was five years old, but now he doesn't like to play soccer, and that's okay. Sure, I would love it if he did, but but me not being able to coach my son in soccer is light years away from you not being able to coach your son in soccer, right? Hmm. But one of the things that I did that I did see in that in and, and I don't know exactly who said this, but I'm it's not me, but all misery comes from attachment and once we get attached to some specific outcome and we have some specific expectation we are setting ourselves up for disappointment and and if and if you can and you have you're getting to the point where you know you you're accepting at least the soccer part you can't coach soccer and you're accepting that you have a a special needs son um and once you uh, Get to that acceptance level and I work on this all the time Sean like like when anything goes wrong with my business or anything goes wrong and There's a fight in my my family and my kids or whatever I, I work super hard to to get to acceptance as fast as I possibly can Because then you go now what? Hmm. Now what now? What do I do now? How do I fix this now? What can I work on that's going to improve this or whatever? So I just wanted to mention that Sean because I just noticed that um you know, we all have we all have expectations. We all have ideas and things and like that that we want in life. Um, and yet and yet and I'm not saying become somebody who just doesn't care about things at all. That's not it at all. I mean, I absolutely have goals and I have things that I want to achieve and accomplish and things like that. Um, however, I strive hard to mitigate that attachment to that outcome. And so, again, just another point that I thought maybe I'd, I'd, I'd throw at you there, um, because, you know, getting here's another part another part of that probably sean is like look when somebody goes i'm gonna do 75 hard or i'm gonna go on this diet and lose 50 pounds i'm gonna do this and they then they try to do it and and they don't they don't uh, you know break that personal contract with themselves and they try to do it but they don't achieve what they're they set out to do and if and if and if they are so attached to that outcome and then they don't make it it's 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 disappointing and you can, you can set a goal and not make it and be disappointed, but you've gotta be able to make sure that, the, that your attachment to that outcome can be accepted or let go very quickly. And you move on to the next thing. So anyway, sorry, got a little little off
1: topic there. Maybe. No, this is why I call you Father Jones because that's great uh, counseling um, right there because uh, a couple things. So you had mentioned personal contracts because someone that has worked in addiction recovery for myself, that rings so true because uh, the more often you break your own contracts with yourself, the easier it becomes to, be, uh, to break contracts with others. And so a lot of times when I'm helping coach uh, individuals through addiction recovery, you start with contracts with yourself. And um, part of my goal is, I started uh, weekly hiking groups on Tuesday mornings. We uh, I wake up at 4.45, we meet at 5.20. And the reason we meet at 520, because a lot of times people are like, why don't you meet a little a little later in the day, you'll get more people. Because part of it is the challenge. Part of it is for people to realize that waking up early it is hard, but you'll notice the difference uh, cognitively uh, when you get out and you get active and you get outside, because nature is medicine, movement is medicine. So to deploy both of those uh, theories is, is huge. Um, And we just have about three minutes left. Uh, So the other thought was acceptance. Um, I want to just address this uh, really quickly because as a parent with a kid with uh, a diagnosis, with special needs, this is one thing that Angela and I have done a lot of work in. um, Meditation work, retreats, a lot of stuff um, in that. I'm actually running a Sovereign Man retreat in November that has a lot of do, a lot to do with acceptance of of what we're given and a lot of what i've learned is that is where you find your power a lot of us have desires in our lives and buddha even came out and said to reach enlightenment is when you surrender your your selfish desires and i love that because when you surrender to the universe to god to higher power that is where you find your power and that's where you find your purpose um, because your higher power then meets you with your purpose and your calling in this life. And that's where I feel like Angela and I are doing that with the Peer Living Family podcast and trying to express ourselves honestly, vulnerably, authentically, to give everyone else a permission to do that as well. So that's all I would say. Any final thoughts you have for our audience, Father Jones? yeah real
2: briefly man uh thank you sean for having me on um one of the things that i was thinking about with that whole thing and then acceptance and and with what we have and stuff like that i recognize that you know people all over the world there's a disparity of what you're given where you're born into and all those kind of things there's this incredible just range of that and i think about it all the time and what i what i what i would want to leave you got you with right now i guess simply is 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 gratitude you know again thank you for having me on Gratitude is something that I absolutely exercise every single day. It's part of my morning routine, and I believe wholeheartedly that if you can if you can fill your mind with gratitude on a regular basis, uh, you will see benefits from that across all walks of every part of your day, every part of your life. So, again, thank you, Sean. Thanks for what you're doing. I, you know, I appreciate all your efforts and. And I appreciate you inviting me on. And uh, I look forward to seeing you up on uh, another who share pretty
1: soon. I hope to see you on Tuesday morning, brother. What we focus on expands. So thanks for joining us on this podcast.
2: Amen. Hi, this is the Pure of
0: Family Podcast. I'm Eva. My little brother's Theo. And my mom and dad are Sean and Angela.